Live from Team Church Conference, this is the Leading Second Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart and welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. Well, as you know, we are here at Team Church Conference. We are coming to you live from the event this week and all week long. I am roping in some of my friends to uh, come on the podcast and, and have some good conversation. If you haven't um, joined us yet, I encourage you to go to teamchurchconference.com. We are offering a live experience. All the sessions uh, streamed live all week long. You're definitely uh, going to want to be a part of that. Uh, for today, I'm excited to have some of my friends uh, joining me from different places around the country, different different styles of churches, different sizes of churches, but um, all heart and soul friends. First of all, I have Daniel and Janelle Villarreal from Grace Avenue Church. Say what's up uh, you to doing? everybody. Uh, nice we love these guys. They are, they are family to us, been a part of the Team Church tribe for a long time, and um, I think we come to your church often enough, we may have a second home there. It feels like so. Always. Uh, I'm going to make you a room there. You can live there. You already have, sir. <laughs> uh, but we love you guys. Love your church so much. Um, next, uh, Pastor Philip O'Reilly uh, from The Rock of KC in, in Kansas City, Missouri. Say what's up to everybody. What's up, everybody? I'm so glad you guys are here at the conference this week. And then uh, a newer friend in my world, last couple of years, Michael Bruski from Virginia right. Beach. I, I know how to say your name. Yeah, it's good. Virginia it's good. Beach, Virginia. Uh, a great, growing, multi-site uh, church uh, out on the East Coast. And I was there one time in the middle of summer, and I thought it would be a really good idea on my morning off to go running on the beach. And I about died of heat stroke because yeah. apparently it's like 100 and muggy there in the summer, and I didn't know it. 100% humidity, 100 degrees, yeah. and it's it, amazing. It, it was an amazing run that morning for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it was a walk. Um, well, hey, i so thankful, first of all, for all that you guys do. Thank you for stepping out and pioneering churches. You, you know, leading second is for everyone who leads in the second chair, but we love and honor those who lead from the first chair. We don't have your responsibility, and we don't carry that weight, and we recognize that. And so what I wanted to do with this conversation today was have you take us behind the veil a little bit. Like, I love talking to lead pastors because I feel like lead pastors have a unique perspective on the churches they lead that, that leaders in the second chair need to understand and things that I think we need to wrestle with and get right on your behalf so that we can lead well uh, for you. So uh, that's kind of the nature of, I guess, where we're going to go today and we're just going to see um, what rabbit trails we can get into here for a few minutes. So someone wants to start, take us off on this First question today, um, what is the maybe the heaviest weight you feel you carry as a lead pastor? Take us into take us into your world because we don't see your world. Like like yeah. what's the weight that you carry? Uh, the weight I think that, that we carry is this uh, desire that everyone would have a, the same sense of urgency that we have. You know, we carry passion, we breathe this, we sleep this, we eat this every day. This is what we do, this is why we said yes to God. So just hoping that people would catch what you're pouring out every day, every week is just, that's yeah. the deal for us. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I, th I think for me, it's that aspect of trying to get our team to see like we see. 
Uh, you know, we talk a lot about think like we think, see like we see, because at the end of the day, there's a weight I know that I feel like I carry to move our church in the direction God's calling us. And we're never gonna get there unless our team and our staff to a degree we'll see and think like the lead pastor does. Otherwise, while it could be good, it'll always be limited. And so kind of just teaching that and, and breathing that out. That's so good. And Michael, sticking with you for a second, I mean, you lead in a multi-site environment. I remember being at your church when you had two sites and you were just on the verge of going to a third, which is a really big jump yeah. organizationally. Yes. So talk to us about how it's felt for you entrusting, you know, guys and uh, you know and ladies and couples with your vision now in multi-site you're only at one campus and they're leading at three so they're doing it out of your sight out of your direct sure you know view that morning what what has trust looked like for you uh, trust trust looks like a heart issue all the time and what I mean when I say that is we want people at our campus I want my campus pastors and also the team at the other campuses I want to know that our hearts are connected a hundred percent because you can bring someone in and you can teach them to do the right things, but we're not trying to reproduce services, we're trying to reproduce culture. And so when I think about people we want on the team and guys that I, guys and, and girls that I know I can trust to move forward, is that they, they're like, I, I have my pastor's heart, I'm not trying to go do my own thing right now. I know that we're called to help people live fully alive. And so uh, we're learning, let's be real honest, you know, right. we've learned that, that necessarily, uh, that it's not best always to have someone that would have the best resume. What's best is somebody that has the heart for the house. And, uh, and so that's what I'm looking for. And I think every campus pastor in particular, I mean, every leader, but particularly those who lead at like a campus level need to hear that, what you just said about the heart issue. I mean, the word says that out of the heart flow the issues of life. Yes. And don't you think at the end of the day in the second chair, I mean, maybe the greatest battles we'll face are heart issues. Yes. And it will frame everything about your life. It will frame the way you relate to your pastor, the decisions you make. Um, it changes the game. And when when negativity or bitterness or offense or distance get into the heart of a second chair leader is dangerous. Yeah, I think one of the ways that we've seen in, in leading our team and on that topic is uh, what, what I would what I would want people on my team and what I would encourage all second chair leaders to do is even if your pastor doesn't tell you, know what he's passionate about, know what he's reading, know, know who's influencing him. Because one of the ways I've found that, that division and bitterness comes in is when a second chair leader starts to read or kind of chase a different direction than their senior pastor is. Oh, wow all of a sudden divisions coming, their hearts were never intended to be separated, but they've had different influences along a six month period and it's brought division. That's awesome. Uh, Pastor Philip, get us started on this question because I love the, the idea, one of my favorite messages we do in Leading Second is things your pastor wished you knew but can't say. So I love when pastors give voice to what they wish their team knew. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say it whether or not your team's actually gonna to listen to this or not, I don't know, but what is something you wished your team knew? Well, I think they know it. <laughs> good, I, good, I, I, even I, better. I, I think that's the, that's the challenge, right? They know it, but getting people to do it, and I think it's already been spoken, but I think to take ownership, to yeah. try see with the eyes of an owner, you know, I mean, you want them to stay in their lane. You want them to do what they're called to do, what they're gifted to do. But you also want them to step back and get a more of a macro picture of things and just notice what you notice. You know, so I think if I could get them to do anything is like see what I see. Uh, Mike's already shared that, but it's probably one of the biggest things to try to get your team to really own the thing and to think like an owner is huge. 
anyone else, this is your chance. Air your grievances. This is Festivus here. Uh, <laughs> things you're... Pastor, wish you, we're going to hear from Janelle. I think a lot of times the team, they're trying to do a lot of things. They're trying to get a lot done. They're trying to move a lot forward. And I think that maybe they forget that we care about their spiritual life more than anything. And that if they're not doing well there, everything else is going to suffer. And so to be, um, to take ownership of your own spirituality, you know, so that good. we wouldn't have a leaders that um, are getting all this stuff done, but are forgetting the first love and why we do it. And so that's something that's really important to me. Man, I'm really glad you said that. In fact, one of the leading second sessions we're doing here at the conference is on leading yourself. You know, the, the greatest leadership opportunity any of us will ever have is the person that stares at us in the mirror every single day. Uh, and I, but I think we forget that. I think we get busy. Totally. And, and with for the right, you know, we want to do it for the right reasons. We're doing it for Jesus, and then we forget <laughs> about our relationship with Jesus. And, and people can tell, you know. I think sometimes we're the last ones to notice, but other people have been able to tell. Something's not quite right there, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not flowing from the right place anymore. So, Philip, um, talk to us for a minute about family and ministry. So you have... Uh, First of all, I just love your family, and uh, I love that you do ministry as a family, and your son is on your team. Of course, your wife, you and, know, is on the team. Daughter. And my daughter. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and they're very strong personalities. I yes, mean, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is probably way more than a, you know, minute answer here, but talk about family and ministry. Well, first of all, I love the fact that my family wants to be in ministry with yeah. me, and yeah. they know me. So that's a huge blessing, right? Because family can be real familiar, and they know all of your weaknesses. They know it all. And so, but I found it, it's a huge joy. Never force my children into ministry, never put that on them. Uh, so that was never like even part of my vision at all. It all happened, it's just called happened organically where they said, hey, we wanna come and help you build what God's doing in and through you. So I love the fact that my family wants to be in ministry with me. I love the fact that um, they still love me even though I'm kind of their boss. Uh, there, so there's challenges with it, obviously. I'm probably harder on my family than on my other staff members. I mean, just, you know, people would think, oh, you're easy on them. But it's like, no, I tend to go harder because they are family. And uh, so I think that's a challenge, you know, to have that. How do you how do you balance all that out? And um, I think it becomes a, a challenge. But for me, I love it. It's a good thing. Um, I think it's a biblical thing. And I think some of the concerns that people have could be. But as far as favoritism and things like that, I would say for my situation, it's more the opposite. I'm harder on them than I am on, on the other well, staff Well, I mean, members. the number one thing they're going to battle is entitlement, and people view them as entitled. Right. So, so, and you know what I appreciate about you all is, you know, you probably wouldn't sit here and say you've always gotten it right, and I've walked with you through the journey of some of the different yeah. seasons, but like today and seeing you all at the conference, you know, you're still doing it together. You're healthier. You're stronger. And I mean, that took work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Work and uh, some counseling. You know, we've, <laughs> totally, had, totally. we've had counseling and had some uh, a good uh, friends come in that do that kind of ministry and helped us work through some issues that we were having. And so I think it's the same way we would require others to take care of their soul, which was already mentioned. We got to take care of our soul. And uh, I've just found that there's places on my back I can't reach. And yeah. so I need a good counselor to come in and 
help you, me see things I'm know, not seeing. And, along those lines, I'm going to take a rabbit trail here for a second. Um, because Janelle, you talked about heart issues and you just brought up, and I'm stick with you for a second, Philip. Um, let's talk about when a staff member bumps their head or when, when, they, when they do get out of line or there's a moral failure, you know, whatever, when, when crisis hits, that kind of a situation. You know, Philip, you've seen quite a few people on your staff recover from that well. I mean, you know, get ministry. I would say you have done that exceptionally well of leading them through, you know, the, the, the falls in ministry. So let me just ask you all this question. What are you looking for from a team member when they bump their heads? If, if they're going to walk in restoration, what are you looking for from them? Yeah. For us, it's just we, we say we care about you more than what you do, and we really try to live that out. So we're big on if you're in trouble, get counseling. We'll pay for it. I mean, get yourself healthy because the greatest gift you can bring to any relationship is a healthy you. And so you have to, you know, my heart, my responsibility, but you've also got to allow us to speak into it when we see it. And so uh, we've seen great success in just saying, it's not an option. You need to go get healthy. You need to go get help. We've got some great people that are skilled that can help you get to your root issues so this fruit does, doesn't keep coming back up. And it's been amazing. I mean, we've seen people I thought were out the door have a total transformational change and are some of the, the best uh, co-laborers we have now in ministry. We're, we're actually uh, walking through this kind of right now with a guy uh, over the last several months. And one of the things that I'm looking for, and I don't know that I would have known this, and because uh, I'm learning this, uh, honestly, as a lead pastor walking through this, um, that uh, I'm really looking to know that their passion for Jesus is above everything else. And I've, I've kind of seen this part of like, um, I want to get back into ministry. I want to get healthy so I can get back into ministry. And I'm not looking for that as a lead pastor. I'm looking to know that you are just wanting to be more in love with Jesus yeah. and have a greater passion for him than you ever have. That's good. That's good. Well said. I think for, for us, what we look for is humility. I think some, somewhere in, in there, when people get mixed up, they believe the lie. And are they humble enough to recognize that they believe the lie? And now they're looking for truth, truth for their situation, truth for change. And that really changes the game, I think, for people's recovery to get back on track. Yeah, I would just add that in those situations, I think we're looking for honesty and transparency. Because I think for me, especially, um, it's difficult when you love them for so much. Sure. You're walking with them. You've been spending time with them. You're trying to help them. And then you find out maybe there's a whole bunch of stuff that they, they haven't been honest with. They haven't, they didn't bring the whole thing out. So now we kind of have to start over. Or you hear through the grapevine that, you know, they said X was going on, but really there was all this other Y was going on over here. And so it's like, well, all that time we spent, you know, we could have been dealing with the whole thing. And, um, you know, on the other side, I've had people, we've had people come and tell us hard things and be honest and just say, I was so scared to tell you that. But once it's out in the open, they see that there was no reason for the fear and we were able to deal with it. And it just makes the process so much quicker. So I think that's what we're looking for. That's so good. Okay, last question, and we'll be done with this. Uh, what are you hoping to get out of conference this week at Team Church? I mean, Leading Second's great honor is to be an extension of the Team Church uh, tribe. So why are you here, and what, what are you looking forward to getting out of conference this We're week? just glad to not be in hospitals this summer. So Right, you've, <laughs> had, just wanna, you've had two years of nuts. We just want to enjoy uh, 
team church and relationships. <laughs> Honestly, I, it was wonderful just being part of the worship, the messages, everything, the relationships. So we're just looking to be. I actually want to tell your story on the podcast at some point here soon yeah. because yeah, you, they've, you've had two years of of craziness, yeah. and now we're on the other side, literal miracle, miracle. So. Yeah. Honestly, it's just good to receive. It's always good to learn, but this time it's just really good to receive. So, so good. Yeah. We've been in about an 18-month process of kind of just, re I'll say restructuring, but just as we've been uh, not stale, but, but maintaining, and uh, that's changed in the last few months, and I've got more clarity of vision than ever before. So in my few days out here at Team Church, uh, I'm excited just really for that, uh, that boost of faith because we're getting ready to march into uh, to a big vision weekend and what God's going to do in the next year and kind of using this as a catalyst. Awesome. Well, we're here because we love this tribe. We love you, Brandon, and uh, we got our team here. And I think the thing for us is we all know more is caught than taught. So I'm not just looking for, you know, to be taught, but there's just an atmosphere and there's a spirit that you can't get without being present. You know, you don't get it through a podcast. You don't get it through. Totally. You don't get it through watching live. It, and, and we love podcasts and we love watching live, but no, it's, it's, true. it's about presence and Absolutely. about connection. And so that's, that's what it is for us. Well, and leading second, one of our big dreams is someday, eventually, we will have some live events of our own for this tribe. That'd be because awesome. the podcast is just the first down payment on a lot of resources we want to do. So I couldn't agree with you more because yeah. being in the room, being present, God did something even last night that was just, oh, I powerful. think, significant. And you walk away forever changed. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for your time this morning and I promise everyone listening we are not skipping a session uh, we are good conference attendees uh, but hey uh, if you're not here with us live we want to encourage you to go to teamchurchconference.com uh, join in we're, we're streaming everything live there so you'll want to check that out uh, also join us tomorrow for our final episode of the Leading Second podcast live here from Team Church Conference uh, so Leading Second we love you today praying for you let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together.